Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And I have to apologize. It's been two weeks since we've been on the air, and I can't even remember my co-host. Name. <laughs> it's, it's is it is it Mary? Is it you know, actually? I remember now. It's Megan Strand. Hi, Joe. At least you didn't call me a groundhog or whatever you called me last episode. <laughs> I know. I know. What well, was Groundhog's Day? We were celebrating and stuff like that. I know. But we want to apologize for all our listeners. We want to thank you for all your emails, tweets, and Facebook updates encouraging us to produce another show. Uh, I was just traveling. It was completely my fault. Uh, Megan has nothing to do with her time, so she's got plenty of time for this stuff. <laughs> and um, But I was traveling and just, you know, just too busy for the show. But now we're back. Yay. And uh, Megan has lined up an incredible uh, interviewer today. We got Eric Dobby, who is the vice president of Kenjoya, and they operate the Experience Project, a social media site that connects people through experiences. How's it going, Eric? Uh, it's going great. Thank you so much for having me. Good. Yeah. Thanks for having. Thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. And you're calling us from what we hope is sunny yeah. San Francisco today. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, exactly. So tell us a little uh, bit about the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us about so the we, experience, uh, project. experience project. Experience project back in 2008, and uh, the model was to connect people around shared experiences. And so you replace the friend in common with experience in common, and you have the gist of our site. And on a monthly basis right now, we attract about 13 uh, million uniques and a registered community of about 10 million people. Wow. That's fascinating. I mean, it's it's a really interesting site, and I've talked to Eric before, so I have a little bit of background about the site. But, Eric, can you give us an example and sort of bring the Experience Project to life for our listeners and just give us some examples about the stories and experiences that are shared on the site? And then... Uh, if you could also add a little bit about how then you wrap in brands to that whole experience of the experience project. Yeah, absolutely. What, what we quickly identified is people were coming to our site to connect around the things that mattered most to them. And what we identified, there's over 600,000 communities or groups established on experience projects. And the people that were coming mm -hmm. in were really sharing their, their most intimate moments or the experiences, things that really mattered in their life. So when someone came in and wrote about, you know, loving nature uh, or loving to fish, we know that, that there would be correlating causes for those experiences. And so we identified mm -hmm. and reached out to those people saying, hey, we know that you wrote a story about nature. Would you care about the Sierra Club? Or you love to, you know, fish. Would you care about trout and lemon? And we knew there were correlating causes to the experiences in those people's lives. And so we, uh, we're a VC-backed company. We're based in downtown San Francisco. And uh, we, we created TwitCause with actual Twitter and rapidly became the largest cause platform on Twitter. And once we created that, we, uh, we began to attract a lot of big brands like Microsoft, American Express, Coca-Cola, came to us and said, this is really interesting. You have a passion-based community that are naturally talking and uh, generating content about the things that matter to them. Can we go ahead and inject uh, our cause to really help amplify it throughout social media? Huh. 
Interesting. So uh, let me, I, I'm on your site right now, Eric, right? And I'm looking at yeah. this page here, very nicely done. It says, every story helps room to read, turn the page on illiteracy. And it's asked, who or what inspired you to love reading? And, you know, there's a couple of great comments here. But, you know, it, it is what you said, like people sharing some deep experiences. Like one woman writes, my mother, she read to me every night before I went to sleep. Those are some of my favorite memories of childhood. Winnie the Pooh changed my life. So I'm curious, though, like, how does a brand interject itself into this? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to experienceproject.com, on the homepage, you'll see EP Cares. And that's actually a campaign we launched with Walmart, uh, Fighting Hunger, and it went live yesterday. And what they're really looking for is amazing content. Uh, we yep. know when we go and meet with these brands that no one's going to care about a campaign or, you know, their brand unless they feel emotionally connected to it. And the story, yeah. uh, by way of a unit or a vehicle of, of really delivering that, is is, is very very powerful. And uh, if you look at what Experience mm -hmm. Project really generates, it's it's these heartstring, you know, heart pull, pull on heartstring type stories that are shared at a far greater rate than you know your traditional tweet or your Facebook post. Um, and you know, the, just mm -hmm. the, uh, the the richness of the stories. These are stories on average about 1,600 characters. Uh, where if you look at Facebook mm -hmm. or Twitter, those are you know below 100 characters uh, per posting. So it's mm -hmm. it's it's really kind of the meat and potatoes behind this. Another example, you know, behind uh, you know outside of Walmart would be someone like Chevy, who we worked with, uh, Diamonds and Dreams, yep. in which they really wanted to kind of get you know why why baseball, you know, the Americana vision it was important to people uh, in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so they partnered with us uh, really to activate our community around their campaign to really get these stories that are happening across the country uh, within these communities that really value baseball and value what Shedra was doing as far as refurbishing all these baseball fields. So they partnered mm -hmm. with us, and they used our story and community to really power the engagement and the emotional element of their campaign and repurpose you know, a lot of these stories into their marketing message and directly on their microsite. Yeah, so that's I, interesting. I, yeah. I have a question though. So, and we may have talked about this when you and I met a while back. So forgive me if I'm re-asking, but I think our listeners would be interested. Isn't there, there's got to be a gray area between asking people to come and share really personal experiences on a website with 1600 characters, which as you've pointed out is very long form and it, it, having them feel like then their stories are being used in quotations by a brand to to create content like what's the where's the gray area and where's the line and has your community ever pushed back on you and said hey we feel like we're being taken advantage of because we're out here being really vulnerable and you're you're kind of using this for brands do you ever get that or is that something that you think about as a company Absolutely. Yeah. And we're so incredibly sensitive to this because we know the single most important thing that we have is uh, the relationship with our community. We want to continue to you know, facilitate that, that conversation. Um, and so, you know, I, I'll give you an example. With, with Haagen-Dazs, we were working with them on their new five product. And the five uh, uh, is the Haagen-Dazs line that only had five natural ingredients. So instead of, you know, presenting this to our community saying, hey, why do you love Haagen-Dazs? Or that would come off extremely contrived. It was, you know, what are the five ingredients in your life? And all mm -hmm. the time people were saying, you know, my family, my boyfriend, my wife, my car. Uh, we, we have to be sensitive to community. And when we present those type of questions, 
it's the nature of our community that really does embrace this and begin to generate content. Uh, I can't say enough about our community. Like these are these are different users than you see on just a Facebook or Twitter. These are people that really want to be real with one another and connect in a very genuine mm -hmm. way. And some of our users mm -hmm. have shared over 20,000 experiences or stories and wow. view this site as you know the, their diary or the log or journal of their life. And so mm -hmm. when we design these campaigns, it's, it's focusing on that user first. We know that ultimately the user will make these campaigns successful, and we need to cater to them. So we're not going to throw up something that would ever offend them or would ever come off as uh, you know, exploitative or contrived. Um, but we really work with the mm -hmm. brand, and it, it, it's serving you know, both purposes there. Because if we're able to really design something great that's going to uh, resonate socially within our community, it's also going to resonate socially outside of our community and continue to be shared. Mm, interesting. You know, and, in some and, ways, and with that, it's, it's full disclosure. Like when someone's participating in the branded campaign, we say, hey, can we repurpose your story? And we have a great mm. relationship with many of these users that allow us to do that. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, the brand's looking for like, you know, sort of like service journalism. They're looking for news they can use um, because, you know, it's not always directly related to them, um, but it certainly has kind of a deep emotional connection to the person that wrote it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, you said it perfectly there. It's, uh, it's not content that anyone can just create on their own. Right. These are real stories and conversations that develop out of this community. And what we found is, you know, take, going back to that Chevy example, you know, someone, the most widely shared story, it, it was about baseball, but it was about the experience of, of, of baseball, right, which is, which is yep. different. It's not, hey, I, I love baseball. It was in 1967, before my husband passed away, we were able to go to the World Series together. And, you know, right. it went into this thing how – how great of an impact and experience, you know, came through the game of baseball. And that story was read over 2 million times. And it's like, you know, a piece of content like that, when the user is comfortable in sharing that, mm -hmm. it's so powerful. It becomes mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the heart and core of a campaign. Mm -hmm. So you know, people are really, you know, so what the brand gets out of that too is that people are really connecting with the stories, but they're also hopefully connecting with the supporting partner there, which is the brand. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're associating. Yeah, they're, yeah. So they're kind of associating like, oh, you know, those great moments in my life, those great memories I have, baseball and stuff like that. You know, that's like mom, pie, you know, uh, baseball, mom and pie and, and, and uh, Chevy. Exactly. Yeah. Emotionally connecting all those elements, you know, through the, by way of a story. Uh, can be very powerful. Exactly. Huh. I feel I feel like we're missing a step in here somewhere, though. So, I mean, how how do you attract users to come to your site and essentially spill their most personal moments? I mean, how did how did this even get built? And how do you mm -hmm. keep yeah. people I engaged? Start I start with something like this. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I actually joined the company in 2008 when this company was very small. It was about four of us. Now we're about 50 in San Francisco. But Armin wow. Brigicoli, our CEO and founder, uh, had a friend diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and created a site to cater towards that community. And what he quickly identified is there are about 3,000 people that are coming to the site on a daily basis to support one another. But it wasn't just about supporting one another through MS. It was about to support one another through the other experiences in their lives. And when, you know, a light bulb went off his head and said, I need to create a site that allows people to connect with others through their experiences. Okay. Um, and, you know, to date, we, we attract, you know, hundreds of thousands of people per day, you know, 13 plus million people per 
month, and we're generating 60,000 stories per day on our site. Oh, my gosh. And this isn't something we're, you know, baiting them or putting a carrot in front of their face. This is uh, people just wanting to share this content because they know there's a very real return in, in doing it, that, you know, they will find others that will align with their interests and friendships, you know, can form out of it. Uh, there's dating, there's been marriages through our site. <laughs> because when you, you know, remove a lot of those constraints of, you know, traditional social media, you allow people to really connect on, on a very genuine personal level through that. So, I mean, what you've really created, though, is a really niche community, though, in terms of what people share on your sites. Because, you know, if you would come to me and, you know, not being the unenlightened person that I am about these things. Like, you know, if you came to me in 2008, I'd be like, well, why do you want to recreate Facebook? Because people can share right. all these things on Facebook with their friends and stuff like that. But obviously, yeah. your founder had a bigger vision. <laughs> that, you know, isn't it interesting, though, Megan, that people would actually want to go to a site and actually just share these types well, that, of Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Moments, you know, like, yeah. that's, what's, that's what seems so interesting to me like you know why wouldn't you just share that and you know facebook among friends and relatives and, and because nobody else is doing that on facebook yeah you know right it's, yeah it's, it's it's a different type of user and it's a different type of content uh someone's yeah. not going to come to you know a facebook and talk about you know maybe their spouse losing their job or then they they're losing their job or you know a diagnosis with an ill you know some type of disease no one's going to be out there right people are becoming more and more protective the, the public identity they have within facebook but people will come in search and looking for other people that are experiencing that themselves in their life. And, you know, that's really what Experience Card caters to is, is finding that audience because, you know, not, no one experience defines any of us. Mm-hmm. Yet if, if we kind of share and open ourselves up to the experiences that really matter and that we need an audience to, we can find that. And that's really what Experience Card is trying to cater to. Who, hmm. who is your typical user then? Yeah, it's actually uh, it's actually a female, uh, age 32. Um, it usually varies, uh, but if you look at our site usage, it's, it's 50% male, 50% female. Those that generate the most content, I would say about 70% uh, are, come from females. So See, if, if people come to our site through, you know, at, at points of transition in their life, uh, oh. entering college, hmm. uh, pregnancy, um, you know, may, maybe starting a family, you know. Um, right, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see Megan going to someplace like this. I was I mean, just gonna say this is this is prime for you, Joe. It's like Pinterest. Yeah. You gotta you gotta make your mark. <laughs> well, you know, Megan be perfect, but she the problem is, Eric, she's a lot older than thirty two. <laughs> 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 okay. you, you don't want her to skew your demographic too much, you know? So. <laughs> I get a special pass. That's right, you get a special yeah. pass and stuff like that. Yeah. So how well, that's, uh, go ahead, Megan. I was just going to ask organizationally because this is how my brain works. So once I've created a profile on the Experience Project, how is it how is it organized so that I can do I do I just start searching by things that I'm interested in, and is there something that's my home screen that I see conversations I participated in? I mean, how does it how does it all lay out? Can you paint a picture for us? Yeah, absolutely. So people come into experienceproject.com and they register, right? They go through a simple registration process and they have a profile uh, where they can be anonymous or public. And uh, once they're there, they can begin searching for experiences that matter in their life. And uh, it's it's very, very difficult uh, to find uh, an experience that doesn't already exist at this point in a community that doesn't already support it. Mm -hmm. We've had over 25 million experiences shared on our site. 
And so, you know, when people search, as, as random as that topic might be, there's most likely someone that's already shared and developed a community around that. So they come in, they that's create so a profile page, they yeah. search for those experiences, and they begin to just connect and socialize through those. And, uh, you know, through that interaction, uh, people form friendships, uh, they begin to register more experiences, they join more groups, and all of a sudden, they get that social feedback of people saying, hey, it's great to meet you. I'm also experiencing that. It's great to meet you. I also have that interest. And, uh, you know, relationships are developed at that point, and uh, they become, you know, active users. So, 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 Eric, let me ask you a question before Megan asks. Sorry, I'm just so – I have so many questions. I'm so needy. You know? I know. Sorry. But, you know, it, but when you go to brands, do they just totally get this idea, or are some of them like, I don't get it? <laughs> No, that's a, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing when we leave that no one's going to care about your brand, your brand campaign, unless they feel emotionally connected to it, they start to listen. And uh, yeah, they understand right. that there's, you know, it's, it, you know, Facebook tweets and uh, re, or Facebook posts and tweets and retweets. It becomes so commoditized and it's like, yeah. uh, it's, it's like a, a deflating currency, right? Where it's like, what does that really mean anymore? Yeah, but people right. can understand like the value of great content and how many times that's being read and shared. And uh, it's very difficult to create that because right. you're not seeing that type of sharing on Facebook or, 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 uh, or Twitter anymore. And that's often yeah. what brands quickly look for to, for content like that. Um, so they get it. They get it. And that, that emotional element uh, is, continues to resonate with brands and uh, they understand that it's becoming more and more valuable in the campaigns that they design. Mm -hmm. And then wow. are, are your brand engagements, I know that you customize them to make sure they're, as we talked about before, not feeling like they're contrived, but how many of them are actually cause marketing experiences? I mean, I see several on your homepage that are straight cause marketing. I mean, obviously within your platform, but, you know, cause marketing where maybe they're donating something for stories shared versus just a brand engagement. What's the ratio there? So I would say it's 50-50 now. Uh, and what we're starting to recognize that, you know, and speaking very generally, uh, any any cause of a, of a business doesn't necessarily have to be philanthropic, right? You know, right. We started working with GM and uh, Chevy and, you know, refurbishing baseball fields across the country. Right. And they introduced us to, uh, to OnStar, one of their divisions, right, that does the, uh, the, the voice activation mm -hmm. for emergencies. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, every day we get 60 of our users, um, you know, sending us stories or calling in to saying how our service has, you know, saved their life. Can we go ahead and, and use your community and your platform to kind of amplify this, you know, through stories? So I, I would say as far as, you know, the, the mix-up of uh, uh, or the breakdown of, of, of clients, I would say it's 50-50 right now. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, who do you compare? Is there anyone out there that you, like, compare yourselves to? Like, you know, I was thinking, and we talked to him a little while ago, uh, Megan, I was thinking of Hope Mob. Uh, mm -hmm. with something like this. You know, I don't know if they're really active anymore. I was also thinking of change.org, but that's different because mm -hmm. it's a petition yeah, and, you know, activism. people talking about things that they want to change and stuff like that, you know? I mean, I mean, it, do people ever say that about you, that, you know, that this is just kind of slacktivism, that this is just like random things that people are saying and sure, they may care about it and stuff like that, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not organized in any way? What's, what's good about that is the content often dismisses that, um, mm -hmm. where people say, hey, these are people that just don't really care. And it, it's tough to make that argument when someone has, you know, poured the story out and there's no way yeah. to replicate it on another site, right? 
Um, but as far as like the comparable, it, it's very difficult because we're continuing mm. to grow so quickly. Like we're growing five percent month over month right now. Wow. You know, twelve million, thirteen million unique. So all of a sudden, you become in this you know realm of you know few social sites that are actually that big. Um, you know, there's the Tumblr, the Pinterest, the you know Facebook, Twitters, and all that. And we don't look at them as necessarily competitors, but just kind of you know big brother, big sister in the space. Um, as far as what we do uh, with story content and generation. Um, there isn't anyone that really uh, can compete there. A story lane, which I believe was just acquired by Facebook, was uh, was probably about one tenth our size. Um, it's just it's it's not the same. It's 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 very difficult to find a comparable out there. And so causes, that's so uh, when you, uh, I know when we entered the space, they, they were so when they you guys were larger. Get, uh, uh, when are you guys going to get adopted by Facebook? Because I want. <laughs> No, no, no. I want right. to come over to your house, Eric. <laughs> yeah, when absolutely. So that's uh, be a friend. It's not really our focus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask what the what, right, what right, the aspiration right. was. I mean, I, it, it, what is the aspiration? Are you wanting to be the next? I don't want to say the next Facebook, but what's what is the what's the goal? You know, it's uh, we we have you know, very ambition for this company. And we believe, you know, connecting people through experiences can be applied universally. Um, right now, it's about 90%. Uh, it's, it's the sites in English, right? So I would say it's about 80% U.S., uh, and the remainder being Australia, U.K., Canada, mm -hmm. of India. But, you know, that, that, that concept of allowing people to connect around experiences should be universal. And it's a very empowering um, platform. And so if we can continue to grow and expand it, we that's what we'll, we'll strive to do. Fantastic. Well, this is so fantastic, There's no Eric. end game is what I'm saying right now. Yeah, I, I'm hearing that. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, can Eric, can you tell yeah. our listeners where they can find out more about you and the Experience Project, if they so choose? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can go to experienceproject.com, which is our social site, or you can go to canjoya, K-A-N-J-O-Y-A.com, uh, for a lot of our uh, solutions and, and business offerings. And uh, my contact is eric, E-R-I-K, at canjoya.com. Excellent. And how about you, Joe? Where can people find more about well, of course, people can fabulous find me. Joe Waters. That's right. They can find me on my blog, selfishgiving.com. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Joe Waters. And of course, I have um, over 1,600 cause marketing pins at pinterest.com, front slash Joe Waters. So I hope you'll check them out. Uh, what about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I can't keep up with you on Pinterest. I'm going to have to move over to the Experience <laughs> Project and like outdo you there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF, and also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at CauseUpdate.com. And you can find Cause Talk Radio on iTunes. We do encourage you to subscribe to iTunes so you don't miss an episode, even when Joe decides to leave for two weeks. Yep. And Stitcher Smart Radio. And on behalf of Joe and Eric and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us for another episode of Cause Talk Radio. We'll see you next time.